0: Well, good morning. morning. Happy New Year. Year. Amen. How many of you stayed up till midnight last night? Smart. Very smart. Some of you said I stayed up not on my own choice. Um, Well, I pray that you are having a blessed day. It's a great day to be here as we are going to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I got a few announcements for you today. Um, First off, the office will be closed tomorrow, January 2nd. Uh, but I do want you to know that we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting today. If you, um, if you would like to come, we will be here. I will be here tomorrow at noon for our prayer time, Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock. So tomorrow we will be meeting here for prayer, and that will continue on. I'll speak a little bit more of that in the message today. We do have in just 21 days from now, on January 22nd, We have life action coming here, and we're going to have a renewal time with the body of Christ. We're going to lead up to this in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm super excited about what God's going to do, and I ask you to be in prayer uh, over these next days, that we would seek the Lord, that we would be repentive of the things that the Lord shows us and cry out to Him. Now, we also have some needs Uh, for Life Action coming in. As we've shared with you, that there will be about 25 people that come with Life Action because they're going to be working with our student ministry, our children's ministry. They're going to be here. They're going to be leading worship. There's quite a few people. And in the back at the grow table, you can sign up if you're willing to host uh, a college-age man or woman. Uh, You can sign up back there. You can also sign up if you're willing to help in the nursery You can sign up back there if you're willing to uh, help with food, all of these different things. We're going to have them here for uh, about six to seven days. And so uh, we need your help in uh, hosting the, the people. Now, we've had a lot of you sign up. I thank you. I think that we're very close on a lot of those on the needs for homes and the needs for food. But one area that we're in need of, that we need a lot of help, is if you have an extra vehicle at home that you're willing to loan for the week for these students to get to and from their host homes here, that would be amazing. We are in need of some help. You may say, David, my wife and I, we can carpool for that week. That'd be amazing. Um, So, Think about it. Pray about it. But we are desperately in need for some loaner vehicles. If you have an extra vehicle, maybe you have a a hunting truck that's not going to be used in January. Um, You're saying, David, do you realize what day? It's hot outside. You don't have to worry about it. So uh, we are in need of some loaner vehicles. Please pray over that. You can sign up. You can also talk with uh, Brother Randy afterwards to get more information for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin 2023 worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Father, we love you. What a joy to be able to call you Father. And Father, we pray right now that as we come into this place, as we begin this new year, Father, we pray that you would search us and know us. Father, show us any evil way about us. Show us anything in our life that is hindering us from Crying out to you. Father, I pray right now that we would prepare our hearts. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord but he who has clean hands and a pure heart? Father, I thank you for the body of Christ. And Lord, that we come in here today together to worship you. May your name be lifted high. May your name be glorified in our lives, not just today but throughout this whole year as we proclaim the gospel until you return. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all glory, for it's in your precious and holy name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus we pray, amen, amen.
1: Amen, good morning, we're so glad that you chose to start the new year off with us. Uh, If you are a guest with us, we'd love for you to fill out the card that's in the seat back pocket right in front of you, Uh, and then you can turn that into one of the boxes in the back of the room. It may be a new year, but we still have the same goal And that's to go out and to make disciples and to glorify our Father, pointing each other to Jesus. Let's stand together. Why don't you welcome somebody to Luke 418 Fellowship around you, and we will sing together and worship together.
2: These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, preparing ye the way of the Lord, behold, he comes Riding on the clouds Shining like the sun At the trumpet call so lift your voice It's a year of jubilee And out of Zion's hill Salvation
1: comes Amen These are the days of Ezekiel Let's sing it together
2: And these are the days of Ezekiel the dry bones becoming us flesh. And these are the days of your servant David. Rebuilding a temple of praise, And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as white in the world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard declaring. Lord, sing it out. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. So lift your voice, it's an year of Jubilee, and out of Zion till salvation comes.
1: Amen. He's our provider, Jehovah Jireh. He is our God. There's no one like him.
2: There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. A year of Jubilee, and out of Zion till salvation comes. Behold, he comes. And out of Zion till salvation comes.
1: Amen. Amen. And our salvation has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the way the truth and the life. And when we become saved, when we accept Him as Savior, we have a choice. What are we to do with our life? There's only one thing we can do and that's to live our entire life for Him being crucified with Christ. Can you say Galatians 2.20 with me today? I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Whether it's in life or whether it's in death, Christ is our hope. Amen? Let's sing together. What is our hope in life and
2: death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to Him belong? Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart at His command? And what will keep us to the end? Amen. The love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess Christ, our hope and life and death.
1: Amen. What truth can calm the troubled soul? What
2: truth can calm the
1: troubled soul? Sing it out.
2: God is good. Amen. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood. Who holds our faith when fears arise? Who stands above the stormy trial? Who sends the waves that bring us nigh unto the shore, the rock of Christ. goes sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Christ our hope in life and death, amen. Unto the grave, what will we sing? Christ he lives, Christ he lives, and what reward will heaven bring? everlasting life with Him. There we will rise to meet the Lord, then sin and death will be destroyed, and we will feast in endless joy when Christ is ours forevermore. Eternal, oh Saint, hallelujah, now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death.
1: and sent His
2: Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love. My am One day I'll grow Jesus bled and died for me. I see His wounds, His hands, His feet. I saved the rock that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah still and all alone. Sing it together. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, our God. Then on the third, sing this verse at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven. And rose again O oh, trample death where is your seat? the angels roar for Christ the King praise his name O oh, praise the name of the Lord our God Oh praise his name
1: seated as we continue in worship just one more song corporately that we'll sing together my prayer for 2023 is that we would take this time in january i'm so excited for this time of renewal that we have at the end of the month just a time to sit back and check is everything all right because we want to be doing exactly what god wants us to do the only way that we can do that is getting the word together abide in him get to know Him better each day, and to go in Christ to all the world. We ask, Lord, that you would be our vision today as we sing.
2: Be Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that Thou art, Thou my best thought. By day or by night, waking or sleeping,
1: thy presence, my light. Lord, we pray that you would guide our actions, our words, and our thoughts during this time, that we'd have your wisdom with us as we move along.
2: Be thou my wisdom and thou my true word I ever
1: that we would run after you, that we would not look to the left or to the right, looking at the riches of this world, but we would look at the things that are eternal, your riches, your plans.
2: Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise, thou my inheritance now. my heart, high King of heaven, my treasure thou
1: art. High King of heaven, high King of heaven, my
2: victory.
1: Heavenly Father, we know that you are leading us, guiding us, and directing us. We thank you so much for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that is within each of us. We pray that we would do your will today. That we would look at people the way that you see them. We would look out to this lost and broken world and see a harvest that is plentiful. And that we would be the workers to go into the harvest field. We pray that we would make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that you have commanded us to do. We pray that we would lean on you, and when we fail you, that we'd ask for forgiveness. That we would forgive as we have been forgiven, that we would give out mercy and grace as we have been given mercy and grace. That it would be on earth as it is in heaven, and know that you are the one that holds us fast right in the palm of your hand. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and especially for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
0: wonderful wonderful song and Aaron thank you for leading us in a time of corporate worship you know as we were singing I was just expecting the Lord to return as we continue to talk about Jesus returning throughout our prayer or throughout our song you know today January 1st a new year many of y'all will struggle to put 2023 whenever you're writing a date for at least the first couple weeks right um But this is a new year, and with this, we are starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, I want to be very clear with you that when you speak of fasting, a lot of times, people haven't done a whole lot of that in their life. And so when they hear that, they think, okay, I just don't need to eat for 21 days. Well, that's not what we're calling you to do. You know, it's not about how spiritual you can be. It's about walking in obedience of what God's calling you to do. You know, David speaks in Psalm 51 that the Lord doesn't want to sacrifice. He wants a broken and contrite spirit. That's what he's asking from us. So during these 21 days of prayer, from noon to 1 o'clock, we'll have a time of corporate prayer in here. If you would like to come to the church house, if you're at work, you can pray with us from 12 to 1. You can also pray any other time as well, as the Lord says that we're called to pray continuously. But I'm also asking you to seek the Lord if he's calling you to fast during this time. That may mean for one day. That may mean for several days. That may mean your lunch. That may mean your breakfast. That may mean a certain time or a certain thing. But you have to let the Lord lead you in that. As I said, and we'll see even in this passage here today, that... It's not about who's the most spiritual by doing a greater fast than the other person. It's about us walking in obedience of what God is calling us. Now, we are walking through the Sermon on the Mount, and we have gotten in the last year to Matthew 6. And in Matthew 6, we talked uh, just two months ago about... How we are called to give, but not let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. Not to practice our righteousness before men in a way that we are looking for their applause. We strategically stopped, went into the Christmas season, and we're picking back up in Matthew chapter 6 verse 5, which speaks about Jesus calling the people to prayer. And then after this, he speaks of fasting. So over the next three weeks, we're going to dive into what many people call the Lord's Prayer, but I call it the model prayer. And then we're going to look into fasting as well over the next three weeks. Today, we're going to pick up in Matthew 6, verses 5 through 11, or excuse me, through 13. It says this, When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into the inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Let's let's pray. Father, you are so good. And as we open your word today, we recognize that only by the power of the Holy Spirit, may our hearts be illuminated to see. May the pages be illuminated for our hearts to see what you are speaking. Holy Spirit, I pray. That a fresh wind would come through this place today. Father, what a joy to open your word together. What an honor and a privilege to speak and to proclaim your word. And Father, I am desperately dependent on you today. Place me on the front row. Let me also grow in Christ as your word is proclaimed. Now Father, as we look at this passage on prayer... May we look past the tradition of just reciting this prayer and see what you are speaking in the midst of it. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all glory. It's in your precious and holy name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You know, prayer is a powerful, powerful thing. Samuel Chadwick says this, Satan dreads nothing but prayer. His concern is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies. He fears nothing from prayerless works. He fears nothing from prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom. But he trembles when we pray. See, the devil understands that if we go to God in prayer, we have supernatural power in Christ. The only thing that he gets afraid of is us getting serious in prayer. He's not concerned about me preaching without praying. He's not concerned without you wit- with you witnessing if it's not bathed in prayer. He's not concerned of the body of Christ who does not devote themselves to prayer. Church, as we begin this time and as we look into this passage, I pray that you would take serious this incredible privilege and honor that we have to come boldly and confidently before the throne of God to cry out to Him as our Father. We're only able to do this because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has torn the veil from top to bottom that gives us access to the Holy of Holies, not on our own ability, not because of our good works, but because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. As we look at Matthew 6, this is a very, very powerful passage. Most people know it by heart, and often they can recite it. People will say, let us pray, and then they will all recite, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But if all we do is recite out of tradition, then we miss the main focus of this passage. So let's dive in deeply today on what God is saying. First, I want you to go back to Matthew 6.1. Because Matthew 6.1 is kind of the header for all three of these righteous acts of giving, of praying, and fasting. It says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Church, Jesus is speaking to those who are born again. He's speaking to those who believe, who trust, who are following him. When he says, beware, the reason that he speaks beware is because it is very capable for us to fall into this sin. For us to let our prayer be more about us than about him. See, Jesus says, be careful, beware that you don't fall into the sin. What sin is Jesus speaking of right here? I believe that he's speaking of the sin of pride. Pride was actually the very first sin. Before the fall of man, it was Satan's pride that had him thrown down from heaven. Look at what it says in Isaiah fourteen twelve through 15. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth. You have weakened the nations, but you said in your heart that I will ascend to the heaven. I will rise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will make myself like the most high. It says in verse 15, Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Church, I want you to know that pride is a very dangerous thing for you and for me. When we focus more on ourselves than on our Savior, than on our King, than on our Lord. And this is a sobering thought that Jesus would say, Beware that pride doesn't get in the way of your approach to God or your prayers before God. He says, there are some, like the Pharisees, who when they come to God, they're coming into His presence with pride. They're saying, hey, I'm going to cry out to God, but I want people to see all about me. I want them to lift me up and say, oh, you're so spiritual by what you're saying and how you're devoted to prayer. Jesus gives us two warnings here. The first warning that he gives us is in verse 5 and 6. Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue on the street corner, so that they may be seen by men. We see the Pharisees are more focused on themselves than the one whom they're praying to. I believe that Luke 18, 11, and 12 really sums up what's happening in Matthew 6. It says this in Luke 18, 11, and 12. The Pharisee stood and was praying to himself. Isn't that interesting? God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all I get. See, this Pharisee is praying and his prayer was more focused on himself than the God that he was supposedly praying to. Martin Laurie Jones sums it up this way. A man on his way to the temple to pray is anxious to give the impression that he's such a devouted soul that he cannot even wait until he gets to the temple. So he stands and he prays at the street corner for the same, on the street corner, for the same reason. When he reaches the temple, he goes forward to the most prominent position for people to see. Church, there's a warning here, and the question is, is do we pray wanting people to, to see how spiritual we are. Or do we recognize who we're praying to. And who we are in light of who God is. Think about this for a moment. Do we say, hey, I'm gonna, I want the world to see. And I want them to think how spiritual. Or do we recognize who we are in light of who God is. Church, there's only one response. When you see yourself in light of the holiness of God. You humble yourself before him. And church, we must come to God the way Moses did. When he walked to the burning bush and he took off his shoes for he was on holy ground. Church, we must come before God as Isaiah did. That when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, he fell on his face to worship. He fell on his face because woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Church, we must come like the disciples when they realized that they were a sinful person in light of who God is. Church, there's a warning here. We must recognize who we're praying to and that it's all about Him. And we must humble ourselves before the great I Am. There's a second warning in verse 7 and 8. And when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. The Gentiles believed that they could be heard better if they prayed with repetition. If my prayer is is really well spoken, then God will hear me. If I take the time to, to think through every little word, and I want to make sure that it's all said so perfectly... God will hear me. Their focus of their prayers being heard was more on their ability to pray rather than the Father who knows all things. Their focus on being heard was more focused on their ability instead of the Father. Can I tell you, church, this is a relief when you see this warning? Because so often I hear people say this, David, I, I, I can't pray out loud because I'm concerned that I won't know what to say or that I'll say the wrong thing. Church, can I tell you that if you can talk, you can pray? And let me tell you, y'all can talk. I'm just kidding. God is more concerned about our heart than a perfect word coming forth from our mouth. Let me give you an example. I have two children, one's eight, one's ten, Emmy and Sam. There are times that Emmy and Sam come to me and They share their heart. They just speak to me. They just want to share. Why? Because I'm their father. And there's times, church, that my kids are either so sad, hurt, or so excited that in either of these uh, situations, they can't really get good words out of their mouth. But you know what's interesting is 80, 90% of the time as their dad, I know what they're saying. I know what they're trying to tell me. Why? Because I love them, I care for them, and I spend time with them. And even when they can't get the words out, I know what they're saying or trying to say a large amount of the time. And I'm not perfect at that. There's times I was like, no, I didn't get that. But can I tell you, this is exciting to know that God, our Father, knows all the time. When we share from our heart, He knows what we're saying. He knows our heart, church. It's easy for us to fall into a trap to think that the better the words God will hear, we must take our focus off of ourself and put it on the Father who already knows. And Jesus, after giving these two warnings, begins what many people call the Lord's Prayer, and I like to call it the model prayer. And the reason I call it the model prayer is this, because people often just recite this prayer out of tradition or religion. It's a model that Jesus is showing us how to pray. Listen, God just warned us in the scripture that repetitive words doesn't mean you're going to be heard any better or less. Isn't it interesting that he warns us about repetitive words and then we take exactly what he's given us in verse 9 through 13 and we turn it into this tradition of just repeating words. Because I know a lot of people who can say the Lord's prayer, but don't know the Lord. Adrian Rogers points it out this way. He says that we're called, we are not called, excuse me, to say prayers. We are called to pray prayers. Prayer is not talking at God. It's talking with God. Now, let me just be very clear. That. It's good to memorize Scripture, and it's good to pray Scripture. Even so, oftentimes, I'm praying the prayer of Paul to the Ephesian saints over you and over me, that the Lord would strengthen you and in the inner man according to the riches of his glory, so that Christ may dwell richly in your heart. And then he says, and God can do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think. But we can't take that and turn it into a ritualistic, oh, I'm just going to say this, and not let it come from the heart. So we pick up in this model prayer. Jesus says pray then in this way. He says. Our father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your, let, me, let me say it in the King James. Because this is important. Our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then it goes on, and it says, "Give us our daily bread, right? And forgive us of our debts, as we forgive, as we have forgiven our debtors." And lead us in not into temptation, not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, here's what I want you to see. At the beginning of the prayer, there's three thys: Thy name, hallow be Thy name, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's not till after that that we get to us. Then we see, give us daily bread. Then we see, uh, to to lead us. Then we see, forgive us. Then we see, uh, the, the, the us, the petitions here, of us. Oftentimes we miss this and we come straight to God and we say, God, I need and I want and I have this desperate situation and we've missed that our petition must start with thy kingdom come, thy will be done, hallowed be thy name. Oftentimes we're so focused on ourselves and our situation that we miss focusing in on the king of kings and lord of lords. Think about Daniel's prayer. Remember when we studied Daniel? Daniel prayed for his nation. Great prayer. You know what Daniel said? He started with Praise. He started with acknowledging God. Then he went to the petition for his nation and how they had sinned. Today, I just want to look at our Father and the three thighs. We're going to focus in on God today. He starts by addressing God by saying, Our Father who is in heaven. How powerful is this that Jesus said, Our Father. Over a hundred times in the Bible, Jesus calls God His Father. And when He calls Him Father, it proclaims His character. This is who God is. He is a nurturer, a protector. He's provider. He's the one who teaches. He's the one who guides and leads us. Is that not what a father does? Is that not what my desire is for my children? Is to protect them, to provide for them, to nurture them. You say, but David... It's really tough to call God Father because my earthly dad didn't treat me well. My earthly dad was a drunkard. My earthly dad beat my mother. My earthly dad did all these different things. And it's really hard to call God Father. Let me just give you some freedom here today. Because the scripture says here, our Father who is in heaven. Praise God, it doesn't say our Father on earth. Our Father who is in heaven. Jesus is signifying here. He's making sure that you understand that he is talking about God the Father. Now what's really interesting is that oftentimes we kind of look at this backwards. Uh, see, if God is the perfect standard then all earthly fathers need to look to God for our example instead of putting earthly fathers' example on God. Let me just say that again. If God truly is the perfect standard, and He is, then all earthly fathers need to be looking to God as our example instead of us putting our earthly fathers' example onto God church it's a powerful thing to be able to call him father it says that the spirit inside of us cries out abba father i've told you when i go to israel my favorite thing is to watch those young kids that are following their dad and they're saying abba abba that word abba is like as intimate as is my daughter or son calling me dad now, I'm not trying to be irreverent to my heavenly father, but I want you to understand that when we, we call him father, it's as intimate and even more intimate than the relationship that I have with my own kids. Can I also tell you that only a true believer can call God Father? Now, people can say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But for them to truly mean that means that they must be born again. Now, there is this idea out there that God is Father of all people. No, he's creator of all. He's creator of all, but he's only father to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, Jesus even says to those who are non-believers, he says, you are of your father, the devil. So I'm here to tell you that the only people that can truly call God father are those who have been set free from the punishment of sin. Only those who have truly believed and trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Then we go in to these petitions that we see. There's six or seven of them. We'll look at three of them today quickly. Remember, order matters in the Scripture. God first before our request. I just showed you the three thys come before the three or four us's, right? Order in Scripture matters. The first thing it says is, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Holy, set apart is your name. You may say, well, why doesn't it say, hallowed be God? Hallowed be the great I am. Well, you have to understand that the Jewish people believe that the word of God is so holy, and they had such a reverence for the word of God, the name God, that oftentimes they would not even speak the word. And so Jesus is saying, thy name. And that means, thy name, it means the whole of who God is. It's all of his names. It's every bit of who he is. Hallowed be thy name. The Old Testament says that the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. The Old Testament says the Lord that heals, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our banner, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our peace, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our shepherd, Jehovah Raha, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord is present, Jehovah Shema. I can go on. The great I am, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator God. Church, when we bow our knees and we say, Our Father, do we recognize who we're praying to? Hallowed be thy name. Holy, holy, holy. You are the great I am. You are my provider. You care for me like a father. Oftentimes, church, we simply start with all of our needs and our wants. And let me just tell you, there's times that you have so many burdens that are so painful in your heart, and you're like, I just got to get this before the Lord. Let me tell you, you will have peace when you start by recognizing who you're praying to. Because when you recognize that God's provider, when you recognize that He's healer, when you recognize that He's your shepherd, when you recognize that He is with you, that He's the great I Am, I'm telling you, these major situations in your life become really small. Because you begin to recognize that the scripture says, as the angel said to Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Or what Paul said to the Ephesian saints, that he can do far more abundantly than you could ever ask or think. I don't know about y'all, but that's where I want to start. I want to start knowing that I'm crying out to the Holy King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to cry out to the one who can do far more abundantly than I can ever ask or think. He goes on, he says, holy, uh, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. There is a kingdom of heaven, which is of God. And there's a kingdom of darkness, which is of the enemy. Can I tell you that God's kingdom has come when Jesus came to this earth? Look at what Mark 1, 14 through 15 says, Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Can I tell you that the kingdom of God is here now? Luke 17, 20 through 21 says, Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. In the King James, it says, within you, church, the kingdom of God is here. Because it's in the hearts of those who have believed and trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And can I tell you that the kingdom of God is coming and will be established upon this earth? Look at what Daniel 7 verse 14 in prophecy, he says this, And to him Jesus was given dominion, glory, and what? A kingdom that all peoples, nation, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Spoiler alert, he's coming back. Revelation 21 tells us, and I'm not going to go there, read the whole chapter today and rejoice that the kingdom of God is coming to be established here. Praise God. But how do we, what do we do with this? Thy kingdom come, church. We're called to pray that God's kingdom comes right now. What does that mean? We're called to pray for the lost. There's a lot of people who are part of the kingdom of darkness. We're part of the kingdom of light. We're part of the kingdom of God. And we are called to pray for the lost, that God's kingdom may come in their hearts. Oh, isn't this interesting? This comes before all of our needs and wants. Church, are we saying, hallowed be thy name, and God's kingdom come, that I'm going to go and share the gospel with the lost, that all are sinners in need of a Savior. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way but through Jesus to the Father. Thy kingdom come. Are we going to be focused on going in Christ throughout this year? Are we going to be focused on going in Christ to Mobile, Alabama? Are we going to say, God, your kingdom come right here in Mobile in the hearts of people? But can I tell you that praying for thy kingdom to come is also an anticipation of the return of Christ? We must also pray, even so, come. Lord Jesus, as we sing songs that Brother Aaron was leading us in, that we rejoice that Jesus is returning, may we pray, even so come. Even so come. But until the Lord returns, would we pray for the lost? Would we seek out the lost to share the gospel? I have a friend of mine who told me one time, he said, David, You got big potatoes in life and small potatoes. He said big potatoes are anything spiritual, anything eternal. The souls of men and God's word. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, His word, and the souls of men. Everything else in life is small potatoes. Everything else in life is small potatoes. Are we going to focus in on the kingdom of God coming? The last thing that we see here in these dyes, these dyes, is Thy will be done. Thy will be done. This is having the right focus on what is important in life. Everything in life other than God's kingdom and the souls of men are small potatoes. What is your priorities in your life? Father, my will be done or God, your will be done. Now, let me just remind you, all this comes before Give us, forgive us, all these us's, right? Lead us. All of this is before. What is your priority? Is your priority the will of the Father, or is your priority your personal kingdom? Is your priority the things that that matter eternally and spiritually, or is your priority things that are temporal, that will fade away? You know, with it being January 1st, a new year, I figured I would have a good illustration here for you. So I want to kind of illustrate this for you. And if those in the back, if you would put this onto the screen for me so that everybody can see, this is like your life. This is your life. And you can fill it however you desire. So we're going to start with the big potatoes of life. Those are the spiritual things, right? The eternal things. The souls of men. Now let's pray this doesn't break as these slide down in there. These are the the, the spiritual things. The souls of men. The kingdom of God. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But then, after all these things are full and they fill up, you say, Is there any more room... In this jar? Yes and no. There is. Well, there's other things in life. You know, small potatoes. Right? Things like that. Oh, I'm making a mess up here. Man. So that fits in there. A little more. Can we get any more? No? Is that good? And you say, is this full? No. Oh, man. We got sand. My daughter picked the color. Let's see. Whew, here we go. Oh, man, that's going on in there, isn't there? You know, I think that's pretty full. Well, oh, you know what? We could add one more thing. How about some water? Let's see. Oh, that's going to take some time for it to soak on down in there. But that will go in there. So when we look at this illustration, you may say, I get it, David. We always have a little bit more room to put something else in. I Always have just a little bit more room to put things in. But when you look at it this way, you've missed it. It's not about trying to fit every little thing that you can into this thing we call life. The amount of time that we have. See, the reality of this illustration is that when you fill your life in the wrong priorities, you have no room for the spiritual things that are most important. And this is how we often find in the busyness of life. When we say my will, even though we don't mean to say that, but that's the actions that come forth, is we say, you know what, I've got this to do, I've got that to do. If The, the Lord just, does he know that I have all these things going on? And, and then we're like, okay, uh, uh, all right, we're, we're finally finished with the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God what's left, okay? How many rocks can I get in there? Church, are we going to focus in on God's will? Are we going to focus in on our will and then give God the leftovers? Jesus gives us this model prayer. He says, first, I give you a warning. Focus on God more than yourself. Humble yourself before the great I am. He says, I give you a warning. You can't make yourself any better in speaking to speak towards God for him to hear. Just share your heart with him. And then he says, here is how you pray. It's not recite this prayer, though it's great to recite it because it's God's word. But it's a model prayer for us to realize who we're praying to our Father. And that we must start by acknowledging that he's holy. That his kingdom has come and will be established. And we're called to seek out his kingdom throughout this world. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And we are called. To follow the will of God, not our own personal, sword-focused gain, where we're looking to ourself. There's no better example than this. Jesus speaks this in Matthew 6, and there's no better example than the life of Jesus. Throughout his ministry, he said, I have come to do what? The Father's will. He said in the garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. Church, during these days of 21 days of prayer and fasting, will we let our focus be on the great I am? Will we let our focus be on how holy and great he is? Will we turn our focus to his kingdom and to his will? Will we turn our focus to Christ and Christ alone. When we do that, God opens our eyes to see Him high and lifted up. We see amazing things take place. Why? Because we're taking us out of it and we're seeking Him. Remember what I quoted at the very beginning Satan's not afraid of people who witness without praying, preach without praying, study without praying, but He is fearful and He trembles. When God's people pray.